Let's just get right down to business. The Joe Roberts Show. This, this is The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. The Joe Roberts Show. On today's show, we have Kevin Maloney, the Chief Strategy Officer of iTrust Capital. We're going to discuss details about the company, understand more on crypto tax benefits and why a self-directed IRA might be the best option for you. Kevin, welcome to the show. Joe, thanks for having me. Great to connect. Well, you know, definitely on crypto Twitter lately, there's been a lot about this 87,000 armed agents coming for everybody for not paying taxes. So I'm sure we want some legal strategies on how to minimize our tax bill. And obviously when it comes to the IRA, it's one of the legal things here in the US. And so let's hit on, you know, what does iTrust Capital do? Yeah, thank you. So iTrust Capital, it is a crypto IRA platform. We did win some awards for that, for innovating in this space and leading this space. Uh, Last year, we were recognized by a a pretty solid group that said, you guys are doing it the right way. There's a lot of good players out there. We have a lot of respect for some of the competitors. We speak to them and we think there's a couple really ethical options out there. You know, it's amazing that, you know, look, there's roughly $37 trillion in investable retirement assets out there in America, which is the market we're addressing. I would say about 13 trillion of that is held within IRAs. And the IRA, an individual retirement account, simply allows you to invest into all different types of assets with certain tax advantages. Now, we're not tax consultants. We don't give tax advice. We're not a broker dealer. We're not an RAA. We don't make recommendations. We don't even take commissions. But we do have a platform that allow people to invest in a self-directed IRA where they choose the assets and the dollar amounts they want to participate with. Now, there are certain rules around traditional Roth and SEP IRAs, but you can open up one or more on our platform. And uh, there, there are some great tax advantages to doing that. And how long has uh, iTrust Capital been around in the space here? So we were started in July 18. Our platform launched uh, about a year later, July 19. We spent about a million dollars in friends and family seed capital building the platform. And that year, six months, we did 14,000 revenue. We were so excited. And then the next year, we did about 3 million <laughs> in 2020. And at the end of 2020, we had uh, 4,000 client funded accounts. 2021 was a great year. We definitely rode the crypto wave as we think a lot of Americans sat home during COVID and, and were very crypto curious, right? And they said, look, I don't understand all of this, but I understand I might want to participate at some level. And so we don't want to see people bet the farm, but people are allocating certain percentages that they feel comfortable towards crypto. And that year really showed that was our sort of rocket ship year. That sort of really proved the business model. And that year we opened up 25,000 client funded accounts and did nearly 50 million in revenue, which was incredible and generated uh, pretty massive, attractive profits. So that was the, really the big year. And here we are in 2022, the markets have changed, but growth is still happening. We can dive into that if you want. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a little bit of bear market, but it's build time, right? Yeah. I mean, actually, today we put out an announcement. It's public information. And you know, we just surpassed our $6 billion in transaction mark, which means transaction volume. People in their self-directed IRA, they bought or sold $6 billion worth of crypto assets since inception. That's amazing. So clearly, there's interest and curiosity. People want a product like this. 
And uh, there's risk, of course, with any investment, especially crypto. It's very, uh, it can be volatile, as, as we all know. But it is amazing to see that we've had 200% transaction volume growth. We did $2 billion in transactions since inception up to last July. And uh, in one year, one year and one month, actually, we did another 200%, so $6 billion. And the client accounts, which I mentioned last year, ended around $24,500, $25,000. We're up over $40,000 right now. So we saw not only transaction volume growth, but newly funded account growth, which is interesting in this market, given the compressed sort of situation we're in right now. Um, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? I don't know. But people are participating in the market, and that's, that's what we like to see. Isn't that always a good time to buy if the future is bright? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when it comes to licenses and compliance, you know, what do you guys got to adhere to there? So, you know, we are not a broker dealer. We're not a registered investment advisor. We have a registered trust company that we work closely with. And we think there is more regulation coming and we welcome it. We have spent millions of dollars on the legal and compliance side and the structure to get it right. And in our opinion, to set legal precedents and lead from a position of excellence. So, I think a couple of things that are exciting to me is that when we get more transparency and access to information on these projects and we get more clarity from the regulators, whether it's the SEC, FINRA, or CFTC, then I think that'll give comfort to the working professionals, Americans out there. And then I think when we combine that with more access to educational information, I think people will really appreciate that. In fact, there's a study out there from Gemini, I believe. It was 30,000 respondents. And they said the two biggest factors prohibiting growth and adoption are regulatory clarity and, and education. And we agree with that. And we send surveys out to our 40,000 plus clients and ask them for feedback, candid feedback. What are we doing unique, better, different? What can we improve on? What other products and asset classes should we consider adding? And what are your concerns? You know, Safety, security, peace of mind are really paramount. And easy-to-use, low-cost platforms are critical for mass adoption, especially people like me that aren't crypto experts. I'm very crypto-curious, but we wanted a platform that our parents and our siblings could use and understand. And so that's what we tried to build, and we're still improving that because we get a lot of great feedback. Certainly not perfect. Well, for everyone out there that's listening to this, and they're here in the U.S., and maybe they don't have even used their retirement accounts before. Let's start there, Right. They don't even maybe know what a self-directed IRA account is. Can you kind of explain that and also maybe the steps they would need to take to convert their existing account over? Yes. So we do get a, a quite a few rollovers. Uh, so we are a crypto IRA platform, which means we're really just a software platform that allow people to invest into digital assets, digital currencies. There's about 29 of them, uh, utility tokens through our platform. There are thousands that you can invest in. We're pretty conservative in our approach. We don't recommend securities. We don't take commissions. We don't pay commissions. We don't manage the money. We work very closely with our custodian and our custodian holds insurance with uh, Lloyd's of London. And the account setup is simple. You need a name and email address, right? And, um, and then you got to fund an account, which requires a US ID. You need to be over 18 and electing ultimately how to fund your account via rollover from a 401k when you leave a company, a transfer from another IRA, or a cash distribution. 
We don't have minimum fees. We used to have a $29.99 a month fee. And we think actually that probably kept some millennials at bay because our demographic actually ended up being 40 to 65-year-old working professionals with $50,000 plus account balances. And we thought, geez, you know, we thought the early fanatical adopters would be the millennials, but it turns out, you know, a lot of us want free things. And we think that fee actually kept them at bay. We dropped that fee when we launched our 2.0 of our platform because we could handle more volume of accounts now. We were we got really efficient at the way we were onboarding people. So we dropped the account fee. We dropped the account minimum. I think it's a thousand dollar minimum now with maybe a five hundred dollar minimum first contribution. And we opened up the floodgates for more of the masses to participate. Now, we don't have thousands of coins to choose from. There's about 30. We continue to add those frequently after you know review and diligence and our comfort from a compliance level to make sure they do meet the utility token description because we don't want to offer security tokens. Uh, we're not in a position to do so at this time. We're really careful. And we are also... When we talk about differentiators, we give people access. We give people access to real live voices and people. We try to respond to emails. We we return phone calls. And we wanted to create a brand and awareness around the opportunity for people to participate in the blockchain economy if they choose and do it in a way that is safe and secure. So our vision is to revolutionize the way we onboard people. And I'll just use a silly analogy that we're sort of like the on-ramp onto the freeway, right? We let people onto the expressway. And then when you're on, you get to choose the car, the lane, and the speed you want to go. Now, we recommend you wear a seatbelt, pay attention to the guide rails and other drivers. But like that's what self-directed IRAs are. That you can invest into stocks and, and real estate and, and digital assets. Ours is digital assets only. However, we are looking at adding other things down the road based on client feedback. So that's that's what we do well, and that's our mission. We want to inspire and empower others to participate at levels they feel comfortable with, right? Don't bet the farm. Uh, there are plenty of risks, but we want to give at least provide a safe, secure platform with a good client experience. If there's a problem, you can reach us, we'll respond. And we take that pretty seriously. All right. And then, you know, when it comes to the pairs you guys choose to put on the platform, you know, you mentioned the vetting process for utility and everything, but how do you guys add new pairs and what can people expect in the next year? Yeah. So, you know, there's a committee, actually, the the coin committee, and, and we kind of sit down uh, on a monthly basis and talk about certain projects that look interesting. I would personally like to have a few more of the top 50 coins out there. We've got 29. We're pretty slow and conservative in our approach to checking the boxes to make sure that the team, the token, the utility aspects of it are are legit. And even then, you know, we've all sort of you know been wrong before, of course. We're not we're not perfect. We need to measure five times and cut once on our side. And then we also recommend people do their own due diligence on the actual teams behind the project, understanding the potential value creation of the project, the risk, of course, and then how the utility aspect works. There's some other great tokens out there that I would like to see on our platform. We did avoid some coins that had some challenges and we're thankful for that, whether it was good timing, good luck, good decisions. I I can't take uh, credit for all three of those, but we did avoid some potential catastrophes and, and that was great for us. But we need to continue to vet those very carefully. 
there's five to 10 aspects that we look at. And then we send it out to our compliance team. We've got two outside law firms and several inside counsel with the general counsel that look carefully at these metrics. Uh, so while we're passionate about certain teams and projects and we got to have it up there and our clients are really voicing their opinions on that as well, we've got to check some boxes because ultimately it's about doing the right thing for, for the client. Everyone wants to be a D-Gen and they want a lot more pairs to gamble with on these platforms. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and we get a lot of great feedback. And, we, and we're thankful for the feedback because people are super candid and transparent about what they want and don't want. And we see it on Twitter. It's, you can't hide those things. And we address each one of those. And it, we try to respond to anything that is uh, adverse to what clients want to see or feel, whether it's on Twitter. And like I said, I love social channels because it's out there. You can't hide it. That's what it's all about, you know, transparency. If you treat people well and you give them access to information, they'll tell you what they like and don't like. And if you give them access to real people, if there's a problem, it gives them a little bit of comfort when there could be pause for concern. So you're basically saying more companies should be looking at their social channels to have an understanding of what how to better serve their customers, right? You're not going to love everything you see, <laughs> but it is out there. There are more fanatical voices out there than others, but we do try to respond to all of them. We take it seriously, trust pilot review scores. And I think we've got over 2,200 of those at near four and a half stars. And that's meaningful to us. It's concerning when competitors or other big cash payment platforms are one star rating. And we've all lost a few dollars here and there along the way. And it's just disheartening when you can't get an email or, or phone call back. And so we think that's an easy differentiator. Let's give people access. Let's tell them what we're charging and be transparent about it. And we think that gives the working professionals, older demographic of 40 to 60-year-olds, a little bit more comfort because they're not as fanatical and they don't have as much time to understand and appreciate as much about the team or the project potential. Now, from the educational standpoint, do you guys point customers in certain directions or do you guys do any monthly webinars? So we have an amazing female spokesperson for us. She, she does a lot of video content. We built a small studio and uh, she's incredibly insightful and very upbeat, and, uh, but also real, right? We're not going out with promissory hyperbole uh, out there because we're, we're not making recommendations. But we do try to offer a female and male perspective on certain features and benefits of the site. And we do work closely with a lot of our influencer relationships and their passionate followers about getting the word out there. In fact, that's kind of how we grew in the beginning. Todd built, uh, one of the co-founders built the technology platform. Blake, the other co-founder, onboarded, as I mentioned, the first 2,500 clients, 10 hours a day, every day on the phone, walking them through the process. That's what he did. And that's why we built it to just deliver a better experience. And we went out to influencers early on and said, uh, look, this is what we have that we think is unique, better, and different. We'd love for you to sign up. Tell us about your experience. We'd love to, based on your feedback, we'll try to iterate quickly and deliver an experience that's closer to five-star than one-star. And so the influencers on YouTube, you know, per se, and others that weren't bloviating, right? This is how great I am. You can't lose on this coin. Go big tomorrow. We were finding people that were what we thought more professional in their approach, not using promissory hyperbole, which is dangerous, and really just trying to offer insights and perspective. And so we aligned with those folks on the sort of educational side as well. 
That's great. You know, we've done some webinars and, you know, some of the first questions we get is how do we choose which assets, right? I'm sure if you have a lot of those 40, 60 year olds coming in, their first thing is how do we choose which ones to invest in? That's correct. And that's still something everybody in the industry is still trying to learn based on the network effects. But uh, I was curious to see, you know, how you guys kind of bring that value to them. And, and while we're super passionate about crypto and the potential, look, we always say, like I said earlier, don't bet the farm, don't put all your eggs in one basket, diversify and measure five times and cut once. The reason we love partnering with some of these influencers is because we do like their approach to educating the followers out there that are curious about crypto. There's a lot of crypto curious people out there, right? I'm one of those crypto curious people. I'm sort of like the crypto dad. I, you know, I coach baseball. I love to barbecue, but I'm not an expert, right? I'm more of a traditional finance background. And, uh, but we want the experience to be there and we want it to be there with all of the regulatory sort of framework in place when we get more clarity. So we're already acting like there's going to be more regulatory clarity and we welcome it. But the influencers we like and appreciate and align with, they dive into the projects, they dive into the teams of these projects. And they sometimes pontificate about the potential and also the risk. And we think it's better to hear from those because we don't want to look or feel like we're promoting any single asset. Obviously, in the crypto market, there's been um, some companies that have blown up recently. And so everyone's a little leery on where to place their capital. So from like a security standpoint, how are you guys doing things differently? And so our listeners can understand how these assets are maybe held in custody and how they're safe and not being maybe sent some other place. Yeah. So security is something we look at very carefully. It's a paramount concern and preservation of capital is everything to every one of us. So we had a sort of domain hijack incident where no assets were at risk, but we had someone get in through our domain host and mess around with our DNS Fortunately, we took immediate steps to cut off certain conduits, and we were able to address that immediately. And it was very transparent. We came out. Now, look, we were still trying to address what was going on the first you know, 48 hours. It went a couple of days. I think it went three or four days. We got it up and running. Nobody lost a dime. And we don't believe any assets were ever at risk because we took proper steps and spoke immediately with our custodians. And we, we have sort of done this fire drill before. But there's always an angle you can't anticipate. So while, knock on wood, we've never had any assets at risk, it's very difficult to get money out of an IRA. You can't just hack into my account and send it to your Bitcoin wallet somewhere else. We speak to these people. There's video confirmation. There's bank accounts already on record. And there's no payment platform. You cannot go to another wallet one way out and not never get it back. So that's one thing that is beneficial with the IRA platforms. But securities critical. And we continue to look at that. We hired security experts to evaluate other potential areas of risk. And it's something that we'll never have to stop doing because we will. people will always think we have billions of dollars here in cash in our office, which we don't. <laughs> we don't even touch the cash, right? We never touch the cash. It's all in a custody. That's the purpose 